Please welcome to The Late Show, Stephen Sondheim. Welcome to the grave. I will have vengeance. I will have salvation. You know what's out there in the world. On Friday, November 26, 2021, Stephen Sondheim, one of Broadway history's songwriting titans whose music and lyrics raised and reset the artistic standard for American musicals, died at the age of 91. Stephen Sondheim will always be remembered for his work which melded words and music in a way that enhanced them both, from his early works such as West Side Story and Gypsy, through to more audacious musicals such as Assassins, and then some of his better known works such as Follies, A Little Night Music, Pacific Overture, Sweeney Todd, Merrily We Roll Along, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, Sunday in the Park with George, and Into the Woods, all touched well, the hearts of thousands. Editor at Theatre Thoughts, um, Charlotte Smee, with us today. Welcome. Hello. Officially on the podcast. Officially on the podcast. And then we have our regular, Daniel Stefanovsky, here with us as well. Hi, guys. With Willow, the dog. She doesn't bark at me. Just when you don't want her to. God damn it. So Charlotte, you're a massive Stephen Sondheim fan. You love him. <laughs> I did say that I love him. I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a Stephen Sondheim expert. But the few shows that I have seen and the songs that I've heard and all that sort of thing have really made me feel something. And that's something that's really important to me when I'm watching theatre or listening to a tune or whatever it is. Like, I remember my grandma took me to see the Tiggs production of West Side Story when I was like maybe 12 or 13 and I was just in awe the whole time. Even though it was, you know, an amateur production and it was high school kids, it's just... The music and the songs and the story is amazing. And I know Sondheim didn't write the songs because it was Bernstein. But anyway, like the lyrics are just unmatched. It's 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 something that is hard to describe, I guess. Like if you haven't seen West Side Story, then you don't really know. But, yeah, yeah. you know, th- songs like Maria are beautiful mm. and Somewhere and Tonight. And even, you know, one of my favorite songs from West Side Story is the Officer Krupke song. Because it's one? so funny. And it's like, dear Officer Krupke, we're down on our knees. Oh, that's that <laughs> yeah, one. That's okay. That one. It's so funny because it's... But it also kind of makes a comment, too, because yeah. it's about the kids who are on the street and, right. you know, the police has come to get them and they're like, well, what do we do? So then they send them to a social worker, they send them to a shrink, they send them to all these different people, and then they just end up back on the street and they're like, we're just street urchins. Oh. I'm glad you didn't say, I feel pretty, because we already made fun of that song. <laughs> yeah. I Feel Pretty is a great song, though. It's got so many different styles in it. Yeah, it does, and that's the thing about like sometimes is there's so many different styles but it's always some sort of like emotional exploration of what's happening on the stage like I don't know what another example I guess is Into the Woods Into mm. the Woods is one of my favorite oh is musicals. it okay yeah yeah why because I now I'm gonna be controversial I no, kind please. of feel like it's overrated I think it's, think overrated, it's overrated too yeah why yeah. do you think it's overrated I just think that I think it's overplayed and I've yeah, seen right. it like um played that many times a lot of yeah. theaters doing that many times yeah. it's lost its impact for me yeah and um, I remember watching the film, and I enjoyed the film. Mm. And then all of a sudden, a giant came in, and everything went to, yeah. like went downhill. And I was like, "I'm sorry, what's going on now?" <laughs> Wasn't James Corden in it? James Corden yeah, was in it. it. <laughs> kind of assumed. And there's another one James Corden ruined. There he is. 
I think he's funny. I saw he's him funny. in um, National Theatre. You know how they did the live streams? The One Man, Two Governors? Yeah. yeah. And that's one of my favourite plays. Brilliant. And he's, he's good in that. Brilliant. We'll, yeah. we'll give him that. He's good in that. <laughs> that's, that's all we like him in. Yeah. <laughs> but Into the Woods, so why... What's, what is it about Into the Woods? Uh, I don't know. I guess my sort of Sondheim introduction was my high school English teacher. Nice. And he loved Sondheim. And so he sort of introduced all those shows to us by letting us watch them in class. Nice. So we watched Into the Woods in class. And I think it was the, like, it was a recording of the 1980 whatever production. And it was great. I just think it's a great story. It puts it all together. It does such interesting things with fairy tales that... I didn't think you could do with a musical. I And I agree that, you know, lots of people do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, not a good musical. I listened to it the other day and I think it's just the way that they, like Sondheim uses themes for each character is really interesting. It is, so, isn't it? Yeah, and they have... You know, hello, little girl, all those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. We were saying Agony's a brilliant song. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant song. song. It's <laughs> hilarious and it's just so well, like, it really takes the piss out of princes. dominant male characters, yeah. the princes, yeah. you know? It's brilliant. Yeah. I remember, well, I was saying, like, one of my favourites that I've seen recently was Merrily, Merrily Long oh, yeah. at yeah. the Hayes. It yeah. was brilliant. I really so wanted to see it, but I've never seen it before. But see, I have a real soft spot, and I think this is why I love Tick, Tick, Boom so mm -hmm. much. I have a real soft spot for the struggling artist stories. Yeah. And seeing artists, like, struggle against adversity and trying yeah. to get their shows put on. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love, like, the idea of company, because yeah. it's that idea of falling in love and having the ability to fall in love. Yeah. Love Merrily because it's about those struggling artists and their relationships, but told in reverse. Mm. Tick, Tick, Boom, struggling artists trying to get into his... Like trying to find his thing in the world before the time yeah. runs out, which it literally was. For yeah, me. yeah, which is, adds a whole other dimension to it, really. Stories like that are so easily transferable to anyone who's struggling. Like, mm. you don't have to be an artist to know that it sucks when people don't listen to you. Exactly. And you don't have to be an artist to know that you want to feel something or mm. you want to express something or you want to say something about yeah. the world. I think that's why I liked Merrily because it's about relationships mainly. Yeah. And I think the struggling artist plot yeah um but the whole idea of relationships falling apart you mm. see it at the end and mm. as you go further backwards you it becomes more sad because you realize oh these guys were like really close yeah that's right because merrily we roll along starts at the sort of breakup and goes, it goes back to where they met to where they met yeah. yeah which i think is a really interesting thing to do and mm. interesting to point out for our listeners yes <laughs> yes very much i and it's the the point where you hear the song um where he goes us old friends and then that goes into that and you're like this is really sweet and then you remember oh hang on their friendship like decays and yeah. they're, they're done and yeah. you kind of get really sad yeah and it makes you reflect on where your life will be yeah and, and it makes it all the more important to hold on to yeah which that's the part of Sondheim that I like yeah that's the part of Sondheim that I like too I yeah. think you know, those stories that make you feel something, make you sit in the audience and cry, mm. you know, those are my favourite shows. Anything that makes me laugh or cry or feel something is a good show in my opinion. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a professional production. Like, I cried like a baby in the Tiggs production Did you? of my <laughs> story. But, you know, I was 12. But it's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> and just because it had that moment in my life, I think it deserves some sort of recognition. Yeah. yeah. And it's not very often you cry in theatre shows. Yeah. I mean, well, 
I'm an easy cry. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's really interesting because I... I, I cry in a lot of theatre. What are you trying to say? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just me. It's my yeah, like, we, lack we of just, soul. You, you are heartless when it comes to crying in theatre. But on that um, sort of thing of easy cry, I wanted to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda did the speech. Mm. Um, from his autobiography. Yeah. Um, I made a hat. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. said that he was did an easy cry? crier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He teared up, Lynn te- teared up, and it was about Sondheim tearing up, and Sondheim said, uh, he wrote that um, he always tears up. There's one song in all of his productions yeah. that he tears up in. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about which one it was. Um, I think it was for Merrily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very emotional and very heartfelt. Somebody hold me too close. Somebody hurt me too deep. Along his career, he collected numerous awards. Five of his works won Tony Awards for Best Musical. Six won for Best Original Score. A show that won neither of those, Sunday in the Park with George, took the 1985 Pulitzer Prize for drama. Three of his revivals won Tonys, including Assassins in 2004. In 1993, Sondheim received the Kennedy Center Honors for Lifetime Achievement, and in 2015, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. In 2008, he was given a Tony Award for his Lifetime Achievement, and in 2010, in perhaps the ultimate show business accolade, a Broadway house on West 43rd Street, Henry Miller's Theatre, was renamed in his honour. So, um, so what's everyone's favourite Sondheim musical theatre number? Like the one that stands out to you? Oh, good question. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be something from West Side Story. One number? Yeah, one song that always stands out to you. Maria is standing out to me. It's so lovely. And the scene, and I've seen the movie too. I always think of the movie. I feel like I've got to go with Agony. Agony. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Like, it's just that number that you can tell they're just having fun when they're singing it. Like, it's so crazy and outrageous to come from, like, the princes who are usually, like, your heroes of the show. Yeah, or, like, demure, or they have these beautiful soaring numbers yeah. or whatever, and then they have agony. Yeah. Mine is um, Being Alive from Company. Wow. It just yeah. resonates a lot with me about just, well, you're just existing and mm. being afraid to, like, fall in love and develop relationships with people and you're just existing in life and it was in marriage story when adam driver sings it Mm. it was just so perfectly fit within his story um and it made me want to see because i've never actually seen company fully yeah i really really want to especially now that they've done the remake where bobby's a female um and stephen sondheim himself even admitted that he should have written bobby as a female from the get-go yeah wow um and so i really 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 want to see it because Mm. being alive it's just, it's a beautiful powerhouse number mm. about just existing, but being afraid to feel and let yeah. your emotions out. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I don't cry in theatre, because I'm just like, <laughs> I hold it all in. Yeah, but you still feel it. I you feel it in my little in ginger soul that yeah. I've got. Oh, but we haven't talked about Sunday in the Park with Jaws. I love, sorry, just to interrupt. Yeah. I love the the idea of Sunday in the Park, the whole set and like the actors, they do the picture and it's like a 3D sort of scale thing, but they all perfectly pose. So if you're looking from the audience, you see the painting across mm. the set. And I thought, like, that was brilliant. It's excellent. Sunday yeah. is a great song. Yeah. 
that's the part of that video that made me teary. It wasn't yeah. wasn't Lynn's speech. It was afterwards when they're all singing well, Sunday, I and started. I was just like, oh, okay, that got me. Yeah. <laughs> they have a version of Sunday in Tick Tick Boom as well. I feel like that's that was Jonathan Larson's thank you. Yeah. To, to sometimes Stephen, like I know him. Yeah, um, my best friend Stephen. Me and Steve, <laughs> first name basis. Obviously, the Sunday Diner. Uh, that I feel that scene was a tribute to all the Broadway yeah. actors that have worked in a diner. We've all waited tables at some stage. Um, didn't he actually record in Tick Tick Boom the final answering machine thing? Wasn't that like one of the final things he's ever, he ever did? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you had obviously the actor play him. And then the recording at the end where he leaves him a message after um, Larson does his first preview is actually his voice. Sunday in the Park with George was one of those ones that I watched in English class. I'm assuming you watched the Mandy Patinkin version. Yeah, the Mandy Patinkin version. And I love Mandy Patinkin. Yes. And it's a great show. And it's it's so interesting too because it's um, the word is ekphrastic. It's like inspired by another piece of art. And, yeah. you talk, and it's inspired by that painting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I saw the name of the painting recently yeah. and I should have memorized it for this yeah. podcast, but I haven't. <laughs> but it's it's the very... Of, it, everyone knows when you see yeah. it. You know, the dot painting the from dot. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The <laughs> office used it as a promo art for like yeah. season nine or yeah. something. I did that. Well, yeah. It's yeah. a the brilliant idea for the basis of a musical. Yeah. Like you never could think an art, a piece yeah. of art, mm. could be, oh yeah, I'm going to make a musical off that. Yeah. The feeling that he brings to the creation of the art and the... What's the um, female lead's name? Dot. Oh. I read this interesting thing that, you know, the musical has been said to be that struggling artist thing again, but also it's about the struggle of, like, Dot and, like, okay. having children as her legacy. So it's, like, the art as the legacy and children as the legacy. And apparently Sondheim once said, um, you know, someone once asked him, do you want to have kids? And he said yes, but he was sort of sad about it. But then he was like, art is the other way to bring that legacy. That's why it's relatable, I guess, is because, you know, there's plenty of people who hate musicals, but the story, the story is... And it's funny because my dad is not a musical person. Yeah, my dad doesn't like musicals. He he froths Wicked. Wow. He came away from Wicked and he's like, Galinda. Yes! Oh my God. It's so funny. Broadway stars and fans alike gathered in Times Square on Sunday to pay their respects to Stephen Sondheim. Standing in Father Duffy Square and on the TKTS steps, they sang Sunday from Sondheim and James Lapine's Pulitzer Prize winning Sunday in the Park with George. Miranda spoke to the crowd in Times Square, selecting an excerpt from Sondheim's memoir, Look, I Made a Hat, which is a reference to Sunday in the Park. What you will hear next is Miranda reading from this memoir, followed by the crowd singing Sunday. We'll finish out our podcast for this week with this audio as a tribute to the late, great Stephen Sondheim. Just some words from Steve, book two, page 430. When Wilson Meisner came out of a coma and saw a priest standing over him, he reportedly said, why should I talk to you? I've just been talking to your boss. It's hard to believe he didn't work on it in advance, just as it's hard to believe that Oscar Wilde didn't work on either that wallpaper goes or I do. If I have the breath to gasp it out dramatically, mine will be a quote from our time, a song and merrily we roll along. There's so much stuff to sing. Page 32 on Sunday. This is the only lyric I've written that consists of one long incomplete sentence. 
I wanted it to be like the descriptive caption you might read in a museum next to the painting. I hoped that the tone would echo the permanence of the painting, which is not only a miracle of composition and innovative technique, but also a satirical piece of reportage, something Lapine had pointed out to me. Once, during the writing of each show, I cried at a notion, a word, a chord, a melodic idea, an accompaniment figure. Only once in each case, curiously enough, since I'm an easy crier at works of art, particularly those made by others. In this show, it was the word forever. In Sunday, I was suddenly moved by the contemplation of what these people would have thought if they'd known they were being immortalized. And in a major way, in a great painting. I still cry when I think about it, but then I cry at Animal Planet. <laughs> Often. It's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.